Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 45 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, Casey from Asteroid discusses his first band, and I recommend the band from Vacaville, Rex Means King. Before all that, I'm joined by modern guitar master Sarah Longfield. Sarah is a YouTube guitar star and has become an artist who is much more than that. She's a dynamic songwriter, a cover recreationist, and even an occasional comedic performer with Rob Scallion. She joined me on the show to discuss her latest album, Disparity, which was a favorite of mine from last year, YouTube abuse, her dog boots, and a lot more. So before we dive in, here is some of Stay Here from Disparity by Sarah Longfield. your life now with the uh, whole frosty mess that was your way recently is that cleared up oh my god so bad is it still really <laughs> bad snowing. yeah it's still bad it's like negative three or four today right now yikes yeah i hate it i'm so ready for winter to be done yeah i mean i, I want to commiserate but i'm in california where we're in the one pocket where we're not getting that sort of hell <laughs> and it's just nice it's just been raining and we, we're tired of being moist and you know yeah we can fair. still that's go fair. outside and not freeze to death so <laughs> well yeah. i'll go ahead and just dive in um okay. to our interview portion but i thought i'd check on your your icy well-being um yeah thanks <laughs> of course uh so first off what did you do anything with your new album disparity to purposely separate it from collapse expand um, yeah, actually, I kind of did. I wanted to sort of, I had like a really rough idea for the new record, and I really wanted to kind of step away from the shredding thing a little bit, because I was like, well, I did it, you know what I mean? And I also was, I really liked playing Collapse Expand, and I honestly didn't think I could outdo it, so I was like, oh no, I have to write something else now. So yeah, it was kind of a little bit of a departure. And what was the significance of the makeup on the cover that you're wearing? Um. That was actually really kind of sporadic, um, like most of my life. I guess things just kind of happen. I was like, I think I'm going to paint my face, and I'm going to use a lot of colors, but they're going to be darker than like my usual color palette. And then I asked Derek to take a picture of me, and I was like, yep, that's going to be the cover. So, <laughs> um, The album also has you singing on most of the tracks, and I think your vocal techniques are like really interesting and uh, unique. Um, who influenced influence you vocally, and specifically on this album? Um. Uh, so I... I I really want to work on my voice because I'm, I'm honestly not really happy with it or like proud of it right now. But I'd say like the one vocal influence I have is uh, Cher Warden, though I think she just changed her name because she got divorced. But she's in a band called My Brightest Diamond um, and she does kind of like solo stuff, too. And she is so absolutely incredible. So, yeah, that's probably my biggest influence for sure. That is a name I had not heard until recently when you did a cover of one of their songs. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Can you tell me more about this band that I've just failed to Google? <laughs> She's just like, she's a genius, you know? I mean, she writes and she plays different instruments and she writes like these super unique vocal melodies that I had never heard before. I've been listening to, to her music since I was like 14 or 15 and I just, I can't let it go. Like I keep listening to her music all the time. And so it's just, she's played a huge role in, 
and where I would like to get to, you know, vocally someday. Uh, your recent cover of Julian Baker's something I really, really enjoy. Um, Thank you. <laughs> what about that song made you want to cover that song specifically? And are you okay? Because her songs are nothing but heartbreak. So when <laughs> I hear so them out, sad. when I hear them in the wild and people are like playing them in a store or something, I feel like somebody's really sad here. So are you okay? Um, well, I mean, I'm kind of depressed because it's winter, but I'm not depressed for like any reason. I'm just like apathetic because it's cold and and terrible. So I was like, this kind of fits the mood and. I don't know. I love what she does. She kind of just like popped up out of nowhere a few years back. And I was like, whoa, I was just blown away. And I always jam her songs on tour and stuff. So I have them all memorized. And I was like, I really need to put a cover out. And, you know, so I was like, well, I've always been wanting to do this song. I just haven't like sat down and, and tried. So have you ever seen her week. perform? Um, Once, actually, I've wanted to see her more than that because she's come to Madison like many times. But I'm always gone. <laughs> so I was able to catch her once and it was absolutely incredible. The crowd was like, it, I think it sold out and the crowd was like silent the whole time. Everyone was just like patiently just observing what was happening. It was pretty cool. I, I saw her play uh, Outside Lands in San Francisco maybe three years ago and she nice. played it one in the afternoon or noon or something and it was the first act. Wow. And for a festival to be that quiet for just a lone person on stage with a guitar, it was exactly like you said, it was silence. Yep. And it was just... Yeah chills the entire audience it was amazing yeah um, i love when that happens it's so cool are you a fan of boy genius um i've heard a little bit of boy genius did they like did a tour together yeah yes and they put out like an ep and the tour was the three of them and then they came together yep. at the end it's yeah, pretty cool I saw, like they were just in some kind of like they were the cover of some magazine like a day or two ago i think nice yeah yep oh speaking of magazines nice segue you were recently in guitar world uh congrats on that yeah. as a uh a musician nerd myself i'm sure that's a goal that you know was in the back of your head somewhere yeah uh, definitely i was i was really stoked <laughs> you you mentioned in that that page that uh the accessibility of vocals bring to your style of music was that a goal that you had with uh disparity i feel like we kind of touched on it a little bit but yeah yeah um definitely i love making instrumental music but i don't love listening to it <laughs> so i felt like kind of a hypocrite like i can't listen to guitar music because i think it's boring so i really wanted to put vocals into it because i'm like wow everyone probably feels the exact same way about my music <laughs> so i i don't know i want to kind of you know turn it into something else and and maybe something a bit more unique you know i i totally understand i've been an instrumental thing for like a decade now and if I'm at a show and there's an instrumental band, I'm not always feeling it. And an evening of that just seems like such a chore. Yeah, it's not like a bad thing. I think it's just, I don't know. I've Everyone's like, don't you listen to like a lot of guitar players? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know why. So I'm kind of ashamed to like say that, you know, but I, I really like vocals and I like instrumental music too. I just, I find like I latch on a little bit more like it's more memorable if you have a little bit more texture you know with like vocals or synths or whatever and there are some bands that do a really good job of that I'm just not sure that I'm really good at that so I kind of want to branch out you know uh you're for for better or worse part of the metal scene and I don't say for worse on your account I say based on the fact that the metal scene can suck sometimes and yeah. uh your YouTube channel has you covering stuff like Slayer, The Contortionist, Mashuga, and most recently My Brightest Diamond and Julian Baker. Are you branching out away from metal with your covers out of sanity or just to show that there's more to you or like what what's making you approach these non-guitar tracks? 
it's kind of it's kind of tough because like I started you know playing metal when I was a kid and that was really like what drove my guitar playing and stuff um, and then I kind of separated from that as I've gotten older and I don't even think it's due to the like community even though it can be pretty bad sometimes I think it's just like you know me searching for more rather than just like settling with what I've got and I think I'm at a point with my YouTube channel that I feel comfortable enough like kind of stepping back from that sometimes like I still listen to metal like I love metal I'm probably gonna put a necrophages cover out soon like you know I just kind of I want it to be a little bit more than that because I've tried to make my YouTube channel you know like what I think people will want to see but then I fall out of love with it and I don't want to make videos anymore so in order for me to like feel true to myself as like an artist and stuff I really want to put more of who I am and what I listen to and my influences and stuff out there, even if not as many people kind of latch onto it, you know? Do you see yourself playing any of these so sort of songs on stage or are they strictly for your, your channel? For like the covers and stuff? Yeah. Um, I've thought about it. I have a lot of people ask me to like scream Slayer and stuff. Um, and I I don't know. It's It's kind of a tough thing. I feel like I love doing covers, but... I don't know if, I mean, I would maybe throw one in, you know, like in my live set and stuff, but I really love making music more than anything. The covers are kind of just an excuse to, you know, like take a break from what I'm doing and, and kind of like, you know, appease the whole thing, you know, because it, it's, it's really hard to write like a song every couple of weeks and then make a whole video for it and record everything and like, you know, do all that. So it's a lot easier to just do a cover for YouTube stuff. So I don't know, maybe someday. And I'd imagine the a YouTube video going up requires more work than people think how long does a typical video usually take you from conception to writing to editing etc etc i've had them take me anywhere from like three days to two weeks i had one that i was doing where i like set up my old drummer's drum set and i like mic'd the whole thing and like tracked the whole thing on live drums and then like recorded like live bass and stuff i didn't do any programming because i wanted to just do the whole thing on live instruments and then that took me like two weeks to get like everything down perfect and get a good take and like you know edit all the video together so i don't know three days to two weeks well, that doesn't sound as bad as i was expecting i i it read that you, i read that the uh baker cover was sort of in the works for a long time was that just becoming comfortable with it um honestly it was me and technical difficulties i was i filmed it like a couple times and my uh my sd card got corrupted and i lost the footage and then i lost the motivation to do it and i was like oh i just really need to like just get this out there so it took a while but uh rumor on the internet is that you're going to be announcing some new live shows in the future true yeah um we're doing a full u.s tour in most of the entire part of may with felix martin it'll be a co-headliner and then in june i'm going to do some a little small tour in the uk and a little bit of europe before tech fest so. oh yeah. i'm always seeing the lineup of tech fest and being here and I don't know, not traveling too much, super jealous of that, and that seems really cool. <laughs> if you ever get the opportunity, you should go. It is so much fun. That seems like it. Um, it and I forget where I saw this, but you had a tour last year with Nabla Viscaris and Winter Sun and mm -hmm. didn't seem super stoked about a lot of the parts of it. And um, it was, a, it was a really good tour. It was just <laughs> we weren't, like, 100% equipped to, like, you know, deal with all of it. It was, like, our load-in time was 2 in the afternoon, but we were taking my Toyota 4Runner. So it was, like, there was only, you know, three or four of us. One of us couldn't really drive. So that put, you know, each city was, like, 14 hours apart. So you get done with a show at 2 in the morning, and then you have to start driving, like, immediately and just trading off sleep schedules to get there in time for load-in to so just, like, do the whole thing over and over again so because you know like we weren't 
making like our guarantee wasn't enough for me to throw down on like a bus or like you know a bandwagon or anything um so it was just it was a lot of like it was really great and like winter sun are incredible and nabla viscars are incredible um but it was tough like with the merch cuts and the merch restrictions like we were only allowed to sell a couple shirts like and you know they tried to get cuts not the bands the venues and so it was just it was like so great but it was like these little tiny things like made it really hard <laughs> like the no sleep and the you know so but it was it was really cool there was amazing crowds every night and it was fun and i realize that wasn't your first tour but did that tour specifically teach you anything for the future or any sort of ways to put your foot down and try and just i don't know not suffer <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I felt, I feel like I've always been pretty good about like standing up for myself and, you know, like what the band needs and stuff. Cause I've got guys, I got to pay them. You know what I mean? Like people got to eat, people got to sleep. And I don't think I want to put, you know, people through those kind of situations again. So I'm just going to have to like reevaluate, you know, before going into a tour, like exactly what has to happen to make it, you know, viable and comfortable for everyone. It's really hard, you know, when like everyone's so sleep deprived because you're driving through the night and it's super dangerous too you know you don't want to drive tired so it's just yeah it's tough and but that's the whole touring industry it's very like weird and political and like the there's a huge gap between people that are making a lot of money and people that are making almost no money or like you know sacrificing a lot of money to try to make it happen um but i guess i'm like you know i'm lucky we don't do buy-ons or anything so I suppose I'm grateful that I haven't been like asked to pay to do anything, you know. Right. And I've heard like when bands are on tour, they make the most of their money from merch. So the fact that you had a cap on it seems yep. really cruel. Um... It was. It was really hard. <laughs> I kind of talked to everybody about that because I can't keep my mouth shut. I was like, why are we only allowed to sell three T-shirts? Like I'm no threat to anything, you know, like in terms of sales or anything like that. So like I get it. I've heard, you know, merch restrictions are pretty common and I've been lucky that most of the tours I've done, it's not a thing. Um, but it's also, I, I don't know. I would never do that to an opening band. I think that's like, that's insane. <laughs> it's something I wasn't even aware of until like I started following your Facebook page. And then I'm Facebook friends with some of the guys from Galactic Empire who are all weighing in. They're like, yeah, fucking blows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's a super strange political thing. You can have a headlining band be getting like, you know, 10 grand guarantee at night. And then like the supporting band will be getting 400 and then the opening band will be getting 100. And it's like, you know, not that that was what was happening, but you can like, that's what happens. Like it's, it's so crazy. It's the like jump from, you know, A to B is massive. And then, yeah, I don't know the merch restriction. Like I said, you don't see that too often, but mm -hmm. it, it's a real bummer when it happens. Cause that's your only, you know, like our guarantee wasn't even enough to get us to the next state the next city you know what i mean so it's like we had to eat like three t-shirt sales just to you know get to the next show which was a bummer i knew i was wasting my time keep myself awake at night because whenever i close my eyes i'm chasing your tail
was some of her cover of Julian Baker's Something, which you can hear in full over on her YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sarah Longfield. I'll have more with Sarah in a moment, but first, this is my first band. Every musician has to start somewhere, and in this episode, Casey from Asteroid discusses his heavy origins. <laughs> my first band was called Thanks for Nothing. Uh, it was with Brett, and we grew up adoring Fat Records and Epitaph, so it literally sounded like, like... Pennywise or Pulley or No Effects or Bad Religion or, you know, any of those bands, but with metal riffs, because we also got into At The Gates around in Slayer at like the same time. So uh, we were the youngest kids in our school. We won the talent show three out of four years. All the seniors always hated us because they were trying to do like this really like cerebral emo thing. And we would get up with our stacks and crank it up and play this like speed punk and our practice schedule was ruthless we, we even joke about it now at asteroid practice if we're being uh like lackadaisical about something brett will turn to me and be like we should have thanks for nothing practice let's go as soon as you fuck up you start you just restart that right away you don't stop until you get it perfect and it's that wow. was that yeah so militant for a punk thing <laughs> well we just uh, it, we just wanted to be tight you know yeah, we it. always took music very seriously, as you can see, since we've been like 12 years old. So, you know, any we've, we've grown up and we've chilled out a little bit. Some ways, no, and some ways, yes. So it's uh, it's fun to still be. It's, it's We always talk about it. It's fun. Like sometimes we'll be in so far from home and we'll be out just eating something or having a beer and we'll look at each other and be like, could you imagine at 12 years old, you'd be in the middle of California playing to like hundreds of people a night and it's a nice thought that we get to share so oh that's cute that that all that all comes back from the garage you know yeah all right so, well, cool cool could you listen to that band now without cringing oh boy um i think i could yeah i think i could because i think we're so far removed from it and to know that we were literally teenagers and you know we were still playing technical fast punk music i think there is a a little i could listen to it yeah i'm doing a quick google see if i can find anything for that band I, uh, well you have to remember this is this is pre-internet for us not pre-internet for the world but you know oh, yeah. we didn't have phones we didn't have computers so um i actually have uh a, some sort of tape reel when we won some sort of talent show when we were 12 years old we got studio time and i have like the reel the reel really crazy and i should digitize it someday and i'm sure it's really just fantastic <laughs> you know <laughs> maybe we'll, someone will dig it up someday and be like this is where asteroid came from and it'll be one of those things That's... you know it'd be one of those metal sucks or metal injection like you know can you believe this is where they were like you know oh yeah totally all their, all their things yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so As of this recording, Astronaut are wrapping up a tour with Between the Buried and Me and Tesseract. 
But for future dates, information, and all that good stuff, you may head to asteroidband.com. Now here's some of Cataclysm from Sarah's Disparity album. Switching gears a little bit, actually kind of a lot of bit. Um, I want to talk about your actual like guitar playing because I, I think it's really interesting and really unique because you are ind- indeed like one of the sort of guitar shredder internet people. Um, mm-hmm. But your guitar tone and stuff are very fascinating. Uh, what when you're you're playing these sort of sounds? Are you setting out to cr- recreate a sound with your guitar, or are you just messing with effects and you find something weird? Or like, what's your usual? Because recently there was a a synthy pattern that you put on Instagram that just sounded really like Tim Burton whimsical and it was very strange. Like, <laughs> what what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I asked myself the same thing. Um, no, uh, I don't know. I don't really like what guitar sounds like. I've always thought it was kind of ugly sounding. That's like what initially turned me off from the whole thing. Um, and I've never really been able to kind of get into it. I'm like, that just sounds ugly and bad. And I love like really corny synth stuff, <laughs> which I guess most people think sounds ugly and bad. So, you know, it's all subjective. But uh, I really love sitting down and trying to see how far away from like a guitar sound I can get my guitar to sound. But also, you know, in a way that I like. So it's usually some blend of weird synth effects and, you know, weird reverbs and delays and tremolo and stuff. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out, but I want it to sound very synthy. I like that. Is there ever been an instrument or a sound that you tried to recreate with effects and you just couldn't get there? Like make it sound like a trumpet or some something weird? No, I don't think so because like I feel like if I wanted a trumpet sound, I'd probably just go get a trumpet and play it, you know what I mean? So I kind of want it to sound like its own thing. I want it to sound not like exactly like a synthesizer because I could just use a synthesizer and play that, you know what I mean? So I want it to sound like kind of a, like a weird, ugly hybrid child, <laughs> you know? You said you just go get a trumpet and uh, play it. Are you someone who could just pick up an instrument and just kind of figure it out pretty quickly? I don't know. I'm sure, like, I probably couldn't do it right, but, you know, I think anybody can really pick something up and try to get, you know, if they have an idea of the sound they want, they can probably figure it out, you know? Are you like Prince where you can secretly play, like, 30 instruments and nobody knows? No, I can't play 30. I can play, like, four. I play guitar and drums and cello and piano, but... Pretty solid mix, though. Yeah, it's all right. It works. This is this next question is based off of one video in particular. Um, why do you think you get so much shit on the internet to cause the need for the jazz chord video? Oh, that video was awesome. I loved making that video. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, I've, I know a lot of YouTubers and I've hung out with a lot of YouTubers and I am certainly not the only one. I think I get a specific type of shit on the internet because I'm like, you know, there's a little bit of the girl thing going on and you know, I sometimes I'll, I'll encourage it and push it. I don't know. I'm kind of loud about stuff, um, <laughs> but everybody gets it. You know what I mean? It's just like kind of this like really funny thing. Just, you know, like, you know, Rob will get it and Fluff will get it and Jared Dines will get it and Patrick Hunter. Like they all just get the craziest comments. So I, I really needed to get a video out. Um, and I was just sitting there and I was like writing this horrible jazz song. And I was like, oh, I hate this. It's gross. <laughs> and then I was like, I, and I asked uh, my boyfriend, Derek, I was like, can you just like read me 
my horrible comments while I like play along to this song just for like hours <laughs> and I'll just put make a comments video because I've seen some other YouTubers do it and it was so hard for us not to like laugh through the whole thing but yeah I don't know so yeah I don't know I don't actually remember what the question you asked me was I'm sorry I've had a lot of coffee no it's fine I, I'm there with you honestly I've got a good twitch <laughs> okay, going cool. um Same. it was it was why do you think you get so much shit on the internet I think you do you did touch on it okay cool yeah your 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 approach to it it kind of reminds me of my wife. My wife is a tiny redhead girl who just thinks she's full of fire and will fight anything, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's yeah, so fun to be around. Like, fuck everything. Yeah. Uh, how'd you cool. first meet Rob? Was it just through YouTube connections? Um, he actually found me. He wanted me to do a guest solo, um, on a thing, and then I did that, and we met up, and I did a little cameo in his video, um, and then we just kind of kept talking, and he hit me up one day with the crazy Slayer idea. And I was like, I don't know if I can scream like Tom Araya. You know, I can scream, but not like that. Um, and he was like, well, can you try and just, like, send me a thing? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I tried, and I sent it to him, and then we met up. And, oh, man, the tracking for that was brutal. I don't think I could talk for, like, two weeks. But it was it was really cool. I don't think either of us expected, like, you know, some of our collaboration to go as far as it did. So I'm really grateful for Rob. He's, like, a really great, like, youtuber and a good person he really tries to help everybody out you know he's, he's a good guy and before these videos with him did you play ukuleles much or is that one of the ones you picked up for these videos um i had a couple ukuleles i played them when i was like you know younger like 19 20 21 but i just kind of fell out of making indie music so i haven't played them in a while <laughs> that seems like prime uh the prime music you use for it in the prime age i think i got my first uke about 2022 20, as well <laughs> yep uh, indie music in your like early 20s <laughs> The only other time I've seen it not, like, in indie music was Coheed and Cambria. Claudio played opening song from The Afterman live on a uke, but he ran it through a guitar pedal, and it <laughs> sounded insane. That's so sick. But then, you know, his hair covered the entire instrument, so you didn't even really notice. Yeah, like what was being played. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Another complete change in conversation. How did you first meet Boots? Oh, Boots. Um... I want to know everything about Boots. <laughs> Oh, he's so good. He's just like the best little creature in the whole world. He's like a cartoon. Uh, I moved to Boston kind of on a whim. I just like woke up and I was like, you know what, whatever. And then I just drove east and I crashed at a friend's studio for a while. And then I met Derek and I moved in with him. Um, and I was just like, can I get a dog? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure. And then the next day I was like, I'd been kind of, you know, I've been looking for a wiener dog my entire life. I was like, this is my future. This is like my end game. And I, I don't know. I saw a picture of Boots. Um, and I was like, this is the one, like, this is, this is totally him. <laughs> and he was in St. Louis. So we took like a, a 50 hour road trip to go get him and we brought him home. And yeah, he's awesome. He's so weird. He's like a little human. <laughs> uh, d does he like his winter coat that I've seen him in pictures in? Yeah, he loves, he loves his winter coat and he loves the snow now. He used to be such a little, I mean, I guess like a little weenie, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he would hate the cold and he hated the snow. Um, but now he loves it. He loves like Wisconsin and he loves like digging and burrowing in the snow and yeah he's he's such a dachshund it, it's great i have a, a rescue cat who i'm sure has some sort of trauma will never unearth but every time i play guitar oh. she runs away and hides what does boots do oh, when you no. play guitar um he doesn't do anything when i play guitar but if i try to sing uh he'll howl with me he's very much like a hound like if you start howling he'll howl along with you and he'll wag his tail like he loves it it's great I'm not caught up on all of your, your videos, but has he ever made an appearance howling in one of your songs? Ooh, not howling. Um, I 
put him in some of my videos because he's adorable and I'm like, okay, you can't, you need to see my dog because <laughs> he's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I should totally put him in singing with me. <laughs> what song has howling in it? I mean, there's like Bark at the Moon by Ozzy, but I don't know. <laughs> I guess yeah. we can do some Googling and figure out which one would be perfect. And then yes. there it is. Yes. Alrighty. I, I will go ahead and wrap this up and leave you to your next chat. Uh, thank you for talking with me today. I, I really, really like the new album. And if you happen to come my way, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> Woo, thank you. All right. You have a good day. find Sarah Longfield's YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash Sarah Longfield and her bandcamp is sarahshreds.bandcamp.com. As always, I'm ending this episode with a band recommendation. In this episode, I'm bringing you Rex Means King. Rex Means King are a math rock band from California's Bay Area, specifically Vacaville, who specialize in, quote, drinking beer and playing math riffs. The band has released an EP and a couple of singles. One of those singles is a song called PBR Pizza that can be found on the Exhibition Tapes 4 compilation which you can get the entire thing over at exhibitiontapes.bandcamp.com. So here's PBR Pizza in its entirety.
more Rex Means King, head to rexmeansking.bandcamp.com and facebook.com slash rexmeansking.ca. If you'd like to speak with me, you may go to facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. I am on Twitter at Ovacord. The show is at underscore farbeyondmetal. And you may email me if you were in a band or just want to chat at farbeyondmetaldan at gmail.com. And as always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.